I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes? PR comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm all right, how are you doing? Good, it's been a while, but we're back for season three. Yes, we're going to give you a couple of episodes to warm up before next year. So first up on this episode, we're going to be chatting about influencers and marketing campaigns and you know, getting your operations and supply chain right. So annoying when you actually engage with an influencer campaign or an, even an advert and you go, I like this, and you go to order it and it's already out of stock. My big example is Adenola, which is a brand that comes out of Manchester. It's a nice fitness brand. And they did a sponsored video with Molly May on her YouTube but actually, most of the products that Molly was promoting were out of stock anyway. They've got a lot of influencer launches as well coming further down the line. And they've actually had to put those on hold because they're having so many supply issues. And I just feel like it's a waste of marketing spend because somebody like Molly May is probably going to charge them a fortune. And then if you don't have the stock, what's the point in driving the traffic to your website because people can't buy anyway if I was advising them I probably would have told them to pause before she had even done the video just feel like you see so many examples of that where people are doing influencer campaigns but don't have enough stock and I get the whole point around sustainability and trying to be wise with your spend and all that kind of stuff but I think it's about just being smart like there's another brand Chrissy Chella's on active you can't get those leggings for love nor money when they launch so I don't see the point in doing these big launches and drops and everything else and you just sell out within a couple of minutes i think unless you're making that like a core part of your brand like the cortez brand where it's like that you kind of sign up and you have to almost be a part of this like exclusive group and then things drop and it's the hype around the drop like unless that's part of it i don't think it works and the other thing i think is if that did happen like to turn it around like what else can you do with that community that group of people that want to buy your stuff you don't have like you could use that molly may campaign to go actually Yes, the call to action is buy, but if we can't sell, we could be like, right, sign up for this content. What else can you provide them? Otherwise, it is a bit like a dead end. So the other thing that I think is one to sort of consider is those kind of accidental supply issues that you might have with like viral moments. So the Birkenstock Boston Clog, they've been going kind of viral with lots of different posts on TikTok. As a result, um, they've kind of sold out everywhere and people who are reselling them are kind of having a field day. Opportunity or a challenge there, I guess, is making sure that you're kind of keeping that audience like directly with you um, because otherwise they're only going to go to resellers and, and I think that's frustrating. The other TikTok viral moment from the Negronis, <laughs> I can't say it, Harriet, say it, tell me. A Negroni Spagalato. That's the one. Well, look, search has jumped 501% after the actors from House of Dragons did that interview and they were talking about you know, their favourite drinks orders. Those are the kind of things you've got to take opportunity with, A, to market, but also if you can't provide that sell, like, what else are you going to provide them otherwise? You're just going to get annoyed like, potential customers. Yeah, it's interesting because like Melissa's wardrobe, who most people know as Mel from um, Stormzy's recent hit song, she promoted an oil that she uses by Aveeno and that went out of stock. But it's back because that brand can handle the capacity. Even when someone's not being paid to influence, they unintentionally do it. But I think it's about managing the demand. It always happens with skincare. It happens a lot with clothing and different fashion brands. But I think it's just a matter of operations and marketing, talking to each other in most cases, because I feel like that conversation doesn't always happen. You know, the PR around the bounty drop. So they did this poll that 39% of people wanted the bars to be removed from tubs. 
and it created so much PR. Like in terms of timing, a load of um, supermarkets came out with their Christmas ads this past couple of weeks. They couldn't time it any better. And I think it created that kind of national like hoo-ha about it. But there is a little bit more around whether that's actually going to happen because there are going to be a limited number of tubs that are going to be bounty free. But some people suspect that could actually be because of a supply issue. So it's like, if that's true, like that is just evil genius. I love it. Yeah, I almost suspect that the PR agency is very smart and they've found a way to make a supply issue into something good. For our main topic this episode, we're going to be talking about the cost of living comms because I think most of us will be thinking about this in some form of a, not just internal comms, but all sorts of stakeholders that, that teams we're engaging with. The issue isn't going anywhere. I guess, what, what do you think, in your opinion, like do people need to focus on it within their comms around cost of living? For me, the big one is probably clarity. Just say what you can do and what you can't do because I think people don't want woolly comms that says nothing. I think it's about being really clear. So if you are giving people pay increases, be really clear on who, when, but just how, all the logistics of it. And then I guess it's the other thing around plugging the say and do gap because the leaders say one thing. So whether that's meaning job security or promising people certain things, just plugging that gap because people will be watching very closely what you're saying and what you're doing. And that also goes for companies that are making huge profits at the moment because I don't want to sit here and act like everyone's struggling because not everybody is struggling. There are companies out there who are making a huge amount of money at this time. And so they also probably need to think about their comms and PR in terms of how they're helping the community or helping vulnerable groups. And then I guess on the other side is thinking about the consumer and their decision making. The reality is, is that now with the cost of living going up, I'm going to be looking at the brands that I consume or use. It's about really putting yourself in the shoes of the consumer and thinking about actually what are the things that we're doing that make their life more difficult and us more likely to be on the chopping board for their budgets. The best phrase I've heard in relation to cost of living um, is that, you know, it affects a lot of people, but it's a spectrum. And I think the challenge with that is it's extremely nuanced. It's going to affect people in different ways, even in terms of, you know, if you're laying every single email out with, you know, a heavy message that isn't great either and it's about giving that space to going actually when we've got something to say like you say let's be really clear and consistent about what the offer is what can we do what can't we do but really putting the audience or you know or user front and center so that empathy point less of you might find this difficult or you're struggling with your bill it's around like people are struggling at the moment and another good connection there is about using lived experiences and real people so for example you know if a company's coming out with you know tips on how to save money and reduce food waste that could be really sort of seen as people telling someone what to do and be quite patronizing whereas if you know if you remember that tesco campaign where they had different people in, in different communities sharing recipe tips and it was like family members like auntie stew and whatever and yeah a bit cheesy but it was real and i think having people talking about how they're personally dealing with the crisis a, it can empower people to feel like there's people like me having a voice and sharing it but actually I think it's seen as more engaging and appropriate to come from others rather than like a company and also the thing like this is a podcast for comms professionals and it's easy to say this is how you save but actually for a lot of people they're going to think about how does actually make more money and so if you're a comms professional out there you're listening to this you're thinking my income's just not going to cut it 
you, there's loads of side hustles out there that comms people can do, marketing people can do. If that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And whether that means you go and write content or you go and do journalism or you go and whatever it is, I would say think about that because the money you have is only going to stretch so far. I think the other thing as well is ask other comms pros what they've done in their organisation. I was at an event, I went to which event because it was Chatham House Rules, but I was at an event and someone was saying um, they feel really bad promoting the app, the smart spending app. I use smart spending app, I love it. They said they feel really bad promoting because it's encouraging people to buy stuff. I said, no, it's not encouraging people to buy stuff, it's encouraging people to use a convenient method to save on the app it's got tesco sainsbury's and all the big supermarkets so i am in tesco anyway i am in sainsbury's anyway buying if i can save extra i can save extra i am going to buy certain things anyway so i think it's almost taking out sometimes yourself out of the equation as a person sometimes as a comms professional and thinking of me this is my experience take yourself out of the equation and ask other comms professionals what have you done and then get that sort of crowdsourcing because most people would have already communicated something in their organization or with their core customers or stakeholders or whatever it may be and I think it's so important to ask those questions I think the other thing as well is to be mindful about whether your organization is going to be used for scams especially if you work for certain businesses that deal a lot with consumers there will be a lot of scams and I think that's also something that you need to be mindful during this cost of living crisis and how you do things like take down fake social media accounts or continue to remind customers about what the correct numbers are for, say, the call centre, or explain that we will never contact you via email, or we will never do this. I think it's so important at this time to make your consumers much more savvy about how you communicate with them. Yeah, and I think just in terms of, obviously, there are individuals out there that work for companies that are sort of turning a profit in sales, and I think it's just being really mindful about how that's positioned. So I saw a horrendous email linked linked to a blog the other day, focus on youth marketing, because that's kind of my bag. And it was talking about the cost of living crisis affected students, which, I mean, it, it referenced lots of stats, like student homelessness is going up in the same blog, like literally moments away, they're saying, but don't worry, um, they still want to buy brands, so you can still sell to them. And this is how you can do it. And I found it was just so crass and distasteful to be talking about real issues and, and then going, don't worry, you can sell to them. So I put a blog together around some of those contextual things, but then some recommendations around like how you might communicate with people who are facing those kind of challenges. So I put that in the show notes and also Dan Slee did an excellent blog but for those people who work in the public sector in particular around tone of tone of voice and how we might want to approach some comms in, in terms of Christ to come so I'll, I'll put that in as well because I think that was really useful and probably my last one is just look after your own well-being and and just think about what am I going through what do I need to do and also the other one that I'd probably touch on is hybrid working I find it it's just easier for me to go and work in the office because I'm not spending huge amounts on heating my home during the day be mindful about how you use that narrative in comms because I have seen some organizations trying to spin it and make it seem like if you coming into the office hybrid working is one thing the cost of living crisis is another and I think just being mindful about how you weave those two together is something that people just really need to think about Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. Find us on Twitter at Rebecca7Roberts and at Harriet Smallsey.